Welcome to the Strategic Marketer Podcast, where we talk about strategies, tactics, and practical steps to help you become a more strategic marketer. I'm your host, Joseph Lewin, and this discussion is with Chase Howell. Chase is the head of marketing at InfoTrust, a web analytics and customer data governance consulting firm based right here in Cincinnati, Ohio. He has experience in B2B marketing roles at various organizations and agencies. He also has a journalism background that brings a unique storytelling element to his marketing style. And I can just confirm that journalists do make awesome marketers. So if you're a journalist out there, definitely check out marketing. It's lots of fun over here in the marketing world. So in our discussion, we really focus on data analytics. It's probably my weakest area as a marketer. And so I'm asking Chase questions to try to understand how I can uh, focus on analytics better and how to track the right things um, and figure out how to bring more of a a data-driven approach to marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. Chase, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Really appreciate having you. Um, so we're just going to jump right in. Um, how how can marketers prove that they're not just a department that makes things look pretty? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me, Joe. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. And yeah, marketers, uh, I think often there is a, a narrative in other uh, departments within an organization that the the marketing team is the crew that you send things to when you want them to look pretty. Um, I'm sure you've heard that in your experience. And I know it is uh, a narrative that irks a lot of marketers, especially what I would call the the modern marketer. Um, this is definitely, in my opinion, a false narrative. Um, there's a lot more to marketing, particularly digital marketing, than making something look attractive to the end user or coming up with, say, a creative slogan. Um, there, the modern marketer, in my opinion, has a much more um, there's a much more quantitative element to the job than there has been um, in the past, definitely in this current digital era mm-hmm. that we're in. Uh, marketers honestly are armed with an overwhelming amount of data points to analyze and test. Um, in addition to that, there's also the psychological element, um, understanding consumer psychology, how a message will or will not resonate um, with the end user. Um, that's a large part of a marketing team member's role, um, understanding that. Um, and then today, there's also this new added wrinkle um, that is really dominating marketing news around consumer privacy, um, ensuring that mm-hmm. everything that you are doing as a marketer and really everything you're doing from an advertising standpoint as an organization is compliant. Um, the uh, end user has a good experience. They don't feel like you are um, unintentionally or intentionally yeah spying on them or using their data in a malicious way or a way that they did not intend you to um so that's something that from almost a a legal and compliance side of things is now wrapped into a marketer's role as well so while the creative element of marketing um should and can ever cannot ever be replaced and that's very important there's just a lot more that the modern marketer is doing and saying that uh marketers or the marketing team is the the department that takes things and makes them look pretty um is definitely selling selling it short yeah i mean i feel like when people have that message um usually it's because they haven't actually done the real Mm -hmm. marketing work of 
making their message good. Yep. And so then they're basically taking a, a crappy message, like kind of have a visual image of somebody yep. handing you over a pile of crap yep. that's steaming. And they're like, make this crap look pretty. Yep. And that's kind of how they think about it. Whereas, you know, even if we're not talking about website analytics, there's a lot of mm-hmm. research that goes into customer interviews and what kinds of questions people are asking online. So even if you're not going to do SEO and writing, yep. just getting on and seeing what are people actually searching for and uh, finding out how many times certain phrases are searched. And that can give you a really good idea of what's going on in the market. And if you just send it off to some creative agency and the CEO mm-hmm. is involved in making the slogan uh, sound how they want it to, and then hand it over and say, hey, marketing, make this look on brand for us. Yep. You know, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, and a frustration, I think, for most marketers, like you're saying. For, for sure. And I, I don't mean that to be a, a knock on anyone um, who maybe has that viewpoint, or at least that was kind of what they thought about um, marketing or digital marketing. Um, but as you said, they're often seeing the end product and not really the, the thought and testing and um, analyzing that goes into the creation of whatever that, that end campaign is. Okay. So you talked a little bit about quantitative data mm-hmm. or quantitative, um, you know, they're almost getting into like science and data science at that point when you get into some of the qualitative, uh, sorry, quantitative data. So maybe you could just give us a breakdown of, first of all, super easy definition of quantitative data and what that means. And then maybe give some examples of, of what some of that might be. Yeah. Uh, quantitative data, um, very simply is exactly what it sounds like. Anything that can be measured. Um, obviously there are metrics that have much more value to the marketer than, uh, others. And it's critical for, a marketer to understand what metrics to focus on and what to um, not completely discount, but not to um, spend too much time um, worrying about. Um, we can also often fall into the pitfalls of um, vanity metrics, is what we'll call them. So, you know, users that are coming to your site, um, just the sheer volume or count of users, um, number of page views. Uh, social media is one that. Obviously, um, shares, comments, likes, all of those things, um, while there is some value and it's important to monitor those, um, we don't want to get too hung up on on those types of metrics and those quantitative measures and uh, spend more time on uh, metrics that matter. No, that's excellent. Uh, it's actually interesting because there's a pretty huge raging debate right now, on, especially on LinkedIn, about they call it dark social. So all the things that you can't really measure yep. and some of the value that comes from that versus the things that you can really measure. And I mean, I think in the end of the day, the actual answer is both of those things are really important. Mm-hmm. But if you're not measuring the right data points correctly, then you could be led completely astray by, yep. you know, likes or even, even, you know, dark social things that they're talking about, which that term would be like, uh, the conversations that are happening between, um, uh, B2B buyers or between consumers um, that you're not able to be a part of. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we have a conversation offline about whatever it is, HubSpot, and we're going back and forth about it, that's part of that dark social. You can't really exactly measure yep. that type of conversation. Um, and that has extreme value as long as it's a positive conversation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and it's something you can't really measure. But on the flip side, um, then there's metrics that are actually really important to measure. So, may- could you give me an example of some? Uh, I know it's going to depend on the business and, you know, it's kind of one of those answers that I'm sure it depends, but what, what are some examples of 
of quantitative data that you should be paying attention to? Yeah, you you're kind of hit the nail on the head. It, it largely is going to depend on the goals of your organization, your marketing team specifically. Um, so uh, I will go into this with a caveat that it it very much is dependent on your your organization. So um, it's a very important that you track the KPIs that are most important to your company's success. Um, so very rarely is that going to be uh, likes on your um, latest Facebook post, right. as you know. Um, so understanding your company's goals and initiatives and how your marketing teams and your campaigns efforts roll into that is very important. Um, as a marketer, you should have team and individual KPIs that you are measuring that align with those company priorities. So I'll I'll start with that. Um, then if you want to drill down into what marketers should care about uh, metric wise on a, I'll call it a very micro level, um, let's say for a specific campaign, um, some things that you want to start considering, um, obviously conversion rate, uh, what do you actually want the user to do? So um, conversion rates should be uh, broken up by campaign and um, that the conversion itself can very much be, um, you know, if you're selling a product, uh, someone actually making a purchase. Um, obviously, that's mm-hmm. a that's a big win on an e-commerce or retail uh, site as a marketer. Um, but in the B two B space, for example, um, it may be getting someone to sign up for your webinar. That would be a, a big win um, as a conversion. Right. So. Um, conversion rates or demos scheduled, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This week's episode of The Strategic Marketer is brought to you by the Brand Compass course. If you're looking to take your marketing services side hustle to the next level, the Brand Compass course is for you. In the course, you're going to learn how to identify your ideal customers and narrow down to serve a niche market. Then you're gonna learn how to productize your offering so that it's easier for customers to understand exactly what you do for them. And then you're gonna put all of this information into a one-page messaging guide. That way you can use your customer's language to speak exactly to their pain points and problems every single time. Check out the show notes for a link to the course. So after conversion rate, I would say the next thing that uh, you need to be focused on is uh, testing results. So A-B split tests, you should always be running these, um, constantly trying to optimize your campaigns, uh, your website for improved conversion rates. So um, that's another metric, a quantitative measure that you need to be on top of. And uh, once you you know have a clear winner of a, of a split test, begin testing something else. So it's, it's easy to find a winner and then move on to something else. Uh, but then just constantly try to, to tweak, um, tweak things to see if you can uh, uh, improve that conversion rate a little bit more. Uh, a few other things, obviously funnels. Um, how are your leads uh, or visitors to your site um, moving through your conversion funnel, whatever that looks like for your organization. I know the, the traditional marketing funnel, um, I would say is becoming uh more custom to each organization, uh, what it actually looks like um, top to bottom. Sometimes I've even seen newer marketing funnels that are more circular with multiple touch points before someone decides to convert. Um, mm. 
So whatever that, especially in B two B, yes, you know, it's not de- as simple typically as yeah, get a LinkedIn ad, read a landing page, and then buy your, you know, whatever webinar or course, and then you're in and you're doing doing your thing. It's usually going to be yep. a little bit more complex marriage between sales and marketing and the two processes kind of going in and out through your funnel. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I really enjoy, um, a video. I'll give a shout out to, um, Andrew Davis, who is a, I've seen him speak at a few different marketing conferences, but he talks about the loyalty loop and how there needs to be multiple touch points, um, to the point that you become, you become that prime brand for whatever it is that you are selling. So, um, the user continues to interact with you. And then mm. eventually when it comes to a decision point for them, you are the brand that they think of because they've interacted with you so many points before that to like contact your sales team. So yes, the funnel can be different um, for your organization. It's very different for retail product marketing, very different for B2B. Um, so whatever that is, but just having a clear understanding of how users are moving across your funnel, what stage they're in, um, what is causing people to leave the funnel. Um, yeah, that's very important to uh, to have a, a key understanding uh, around. And then the last thing, and this kind of ties into that uh, and also conversion rates, but just understanding your different customer segments and how they perform. Mm. Um, you know, people who come to your website or even your current customers, um, they're all going to behave differently, interact differently with your website, with the content that you're putting out, um, even just your marketing communications. Um, yeah, you know, especially let's say I'll use Infotrust as an example. We work with specific industries, uh, a few specific industries. So how someone who is a marketer in a CPG, a CPG organization, um, we have found reacts very differently to our content than someone who, um, is in say finance or insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding customer behavior within these segments or cohorts, uh, is very critical and will help you better understand um, kind of the benchmarks that you should expect when you put out a campaign towards the di- these different audiences. And it will also allow you to be a lot more uh, tailored with your content, your goals, your expectations um, as well. Yeah, that's excellent. So having said that, I, I know you kind of covered this, but maybe we can go one level more practical. So what are some ways when marketers, so, you know, if somebody doesn't have all of this stuff is clearly laid out is what mm-hmm. you guys help people do. You know, I know you guys go in and yep. help people create dashboards and work through all of this, but you know, if you're on a smaller marketing team and you don't have the ability to just call Chase up and be like, Hey, I want to work with you guys. <laughs> come on, come on in. Um, what are some ways to pinpoint what the right types of metrics are that you should go after and avoid some of the vanity metrics? If you're kind of getting into your data on your own and you're having to figure it out? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I would say this is going back to um, kind of where, where we started. It, it depends on the goals of your organization and what you're trying to achieve with each campaign. So not all marketing campaigns are made equal. As I said, um, you know, getting someone to actually contact your sales team or to make a purchase is a very different type of conversion and obviously carries a, a much different uh, value than someone uh, converting by registering for a webinar or downloading a white paper on your website. So understanding, clearly understanding the goals of your campaigns and how they align with your team and company goals um, is the very first step because that will kind of be your guiding light as to what you need to track and what you need to focus on. 
Um, I'll keep saying it, but there are just an overwhelming amount of data points out there and different yeah. sources that a marketer today can begin to pull information from. And if you aren't very focused as to what the most important metrics to you and your company are, it all just becomes noise. Um, and you can quickly be, become overwhelmed. Um, that's honestly when I see lots of marketers start to fall back on those vanity metrics because they are um, comfortable and familiar. Um, yeah. So clearly, clearly understanding what's most important in my organization. Once you have that, then you can start to work backwards. Okay. Um, revenue in the next quarter is the most important thing for my company or account renewal is the most important thing for my company. So my campaigns for the next quarter should reflect that. So I need to have a mm -hmm. high conversion rate um, on getting current clients to register for upcoming webinars. That could be the most important metric that you're measuring for the next quarter. Or if it's revenue-based um, and you're at a B2B organization, um, I need to uh, get X number of conversions on our sales contact form on our site over the next three months um, to then allow our sales team to to sign more business. So those are those are some examples, but yeah, just clearly understanding what's most important to your company and then working backwards. Strategic Marketer is brought to you in part by Thrive Themes. Thrive Themes is a killer visual WordPress editor. They've also recently launched editable themes so that you can edit every element of your WordPress theme. You can create amazing landing pages that are beautiful and conversion focused. They've built all of their products around helping you convert more leads into customers. You can find out more about Thrive Themes by clicking the link in the show notes. So I'm going to ask and just uh, try to make it even one step mm -hmm. more practical because I want people when they listen to this podcast to have something ultra practical that they can take away. Yep. Um, and a lot of the people that I interact with are probably a little bit more in, in my space than in yours as far as um, probably in the small to midsize versus like mm -hmm. working with the gargantuan companies. Like, you know, it seems like you guys kind of have a, a pretty good firm grasp on that. And I could let you speak to that more in a second. but. Um, what are some practical steps that people can take? So let me say it this way. If you were to go into a new company and they had mm -hmm. no tracking set up yep. at all, they had no data, say they had a, you know, some marketing, they'd written some blog content and they, you know, they had some landing pages set up in the past and they have a sales team, but they haven't necessarily set up Google analytics or done anything in Google analytics to track that what practical steps would you take in that situation to make sure you're collecting the right data and, um, and getting what you need to get the ball rolling? That's a, a great and deep question. Um, so I'll, I'll start with this. So the process of um, data collection from a marketing standpoint, and then more importantly, actually using and analyzing that data um, is a journey. It is not an overnight fix. So um, at InfoTrust, we definitely preach the, the stages of crawl, walk, run to our clients. You have to mm -hmm. crawl, get the basics down, make sure you're collecting accurate data um, before you can do anything else. Like you need to have the technical setup um, perfect or as near perfect as possible 
before you move into those more advanced um, quote unquote walk run stages. Um, so mm. that's, that's step one. Don't expect to be doing these advanced data science projects like customer lifetime value or forecasting uh, or predictive modeling tomorrow. That's just unrealistic. And honestly, mm. you know, junk in, junk out. So if you were to do those types of activities um, right now and you had not been collecting clean data um, for some time, then you don't really have a foundation to work off anyway. So um, okay. that's what I would say first is start with the basics um, and just ensure that your GA implementation is uh, set up properly. You are collecting um, the data that you want to collect from the sites you want to collect it from. Um, so that would be step one. I certainly would uh, encourage anyone who is not familiar with GA, um, while there are many courses and certifications that you can take to get up to speed, um, working with someone, uh, even if you just know someone who is happy to take a look at it, working with someone who is familiar with GA and has experience so they can kind of do a double check and you can have another set of eyes to ensure that the data is being collected accurately. There's no, there's not duplicate data being pulled in, um, anything like that. So that's where I would, I would recommend first. Um, other. By GA, you mean Google Analytics? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, other, I would say, uh, just practical general steps that you can take to be a better data-driven marketer. Um, obviously, staying as up-to-date as possible on the technology changes and industry changes. Um, simply by reading, watching videos, um, being active on social media. Um, a couple sites I enjoy and would recommend. So Search Engine Journal um, is great, especially uh, around, um, you know, Google updates. <laughs> they're, they're very beneficial. Um, the content is great. Uh, Marketing Profs, if you're in the B2B space, certainly check them mm -hmm. out. Um, and then, of course, AdAge. Ad Inc. or uh, not Ad Inc. Uh, Ad Age, Ad Week um, for kind of a more macro view of what's happening in digital marketing. So mm. uh, things are changing so quickly as is anything that is very closely tied to technology updates. So making sure that you um, kind of know what's happening in the field, and then also throwing back all the way to our, our first, uh, your first question, um, just the the privacy and compliance arm of this now that is becoming um, ever more present and more applicable to more marketers. Um, having an understanding Absolutely. of, oh, is my state um, where my customers live? Uh, is there a new legislation law or a new legislation around privacy that um, affects how I market to them or collect user data? So yeah. um, staying on top of that, super important. Uh, you know, practice makes perfect. So use and explore various measurement platforms. So Google Analytics, certainly, as I said, there are many certifications that you can get around GA. Um, countless tutorials on YouTube of things you can do in Google Analytics and even custom um, views that you can import, uh, like templates. Uh, so definitely mm -hmm. just playing with that within GA. Um, SEMrush is another tool I like a lot for SEO purposes. Yeah. Um, HubSpot, obviously. From a marketing automation standpoint and CRM, but there's countless um, dashboards within G or HubSpot as well. That um, yeah, HubSpot has some really yeah yeah really good stuff. In there. Yeah, um, Sprout. Oh, that's great. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. 
yeah, I mean, we could probably keep talking on more and more and more practical steps yeah. for a while here, but just to kind of polish off. Uh, so at what point is it worth it for a company to get outside help with their analytics? You know, I know that ideally it's like, well, everybody should should do that. But, you know, at what point does it make sense as far as like size of a company or um, amount of data that they're bringing in to bring in, I'll just say outside help in general mm-hmm. first. And then at what point specifically, if somebody's running into a challenge, would they want to reach out to you guys at InfoTrust? Yeah. Uh, I hate to continue to be somewhat elusive here, but it all depends on your situation and the resources that you have available to you. So um, let's say for a, a smaller shop um, that possibly doesn't want to hire, for example, an analytics consultant in-house, um, there are certainly uh, smaller analytics agencies out there that are fairly affordable that can basically help you um, just exactly what I was talking about, that crawl stage, get up and going, ensuring that you have mm. clean data collection. And that uh, in most cases, they can even help you build, say, like a, a dashboard um, that really surfaces, again, the things, the metrics that are most important to you um, so that mm-hmm. you can, if you're just getting started or maybe you don't even have that much familiarity with digital analytics, you can block out some of the noise because going into GA can be a little bit overwhelming um, at times, uh, especially if you're just getting started. So um, they can help ensure consistent, clean data collection, and then also help you surface the um, metrics that are most important to you and often like a a custom dashboard or an executive dashboard. Um, So lots of companies, what we're seeing right now across the industry um, from, you know, medium-sized organization to certainly larger enterprises, they're bringing lots of analytics expertise in-house, which is somewhat of Mm -hmm. a shift. Um, So if you have someone or if you have the ability to hire someone um, with analytics experience, that doesn't mean that you should not work with a partner because they can obviously leverage then the help of a bigger team in the future. Um, But having someone in-house that has that analytics experience uh, would be great. So I don't think I'm like pinpoint answering your question as to the right time, but um, definitely as soon as you can uh, start again, collecting clean, accurate data that you can then look back on um, later, that's step one. So whatever you have to do to achieve right. that, uh, whether you're- Well, that's going to be a little bit harder to do yep. on your own if you don't have any experience in it at all. Exactly. So if exactly. it is yep. at all possible to bring somebody in, at least for that first step to help you figure that out, yep. you're you're going to be happy that you did that in for the long sure. run because at least you know the data that you have over the, the, the course of time is focused on the right things. So- um, what, at what point should people reach out to, to InfoTrust specifically? Cause I know you guys kind of specialize at least a little bit or, you know, work with some larger companies. So, but I don't want to, I don't want to pigeonhole you guys. Yeah. So w- what kind of cu- customers should look for you guys specifically? Yeah. So InfoTrust, uh, we work with primarily large multi-brand organizations, um, quite a few fortune 500 companies, top 100 retailers. Um, so we focus on three Main industries, CPG, as I mentioned, retail slash e-commerce, news and media, actually four industries. We recently, um, our finance, insurance, and crypto business has uh, grown quite a bit over over the last year. So we've um, always worked with those types of customers, but we've, uh, I guess, officially made that one of our our primary verticals as well. And we have an entire Mm -hmm. team dedicated to that as now. So um, 
yeah, if you are a, a marketer at an or a enterprise level organization and you are interested in bringing in a um, certified Google marketing platform uh, partner, Google Cloud partner, um, someone who can take you not just uh, through the crawl stage, but all the way through the run stage and um, beyond mm. whatever that that is, fly, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's what we are. We're, we're really an end-to-end analytics partner. So we can start from okay. day one, we don't have anything, to, wow, we're doing predictive modeling, customer lifetime value, um, all this crazy data science work because we have all of this data now. So Awesome. Yeah. So how can people learn more about you? Uh, me specifically? check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, just search Chase Howe uh, and InfoTrust and I should pop up. Uh, that would definitely be the easiest way. Um, obviously, I'll encourage you to check out InfoTrust as a company, even if you are not um, interested in hiring us. Uh, we have a ton of educational resources around analytics, data science, uh, data governance, uh, Google Cloud for marketing. Um, so we, from a marketing perspective, um, at InfoTrust, we have taken a very educational approach. Um, you know, we're in the we're in the B two B space, and we've found that to be the most effective. Um, so there is a, a lot of great resources uh, about what we do and uh, even how to do what we do um, there. Awesome. So definitely check that out. Cool. Well, that's really good information. I would say that the analytics and data side is definitely my weakest point. I kind of like staying in the more uh, qualitative side of things for the most part, probably just because I don't have enough experience in in that side. So it's really helpful to peel back uh, peel back the curtain a little bit and get a better understanding of some of the things to be looking for. So really appreciate you taking time to come on the podcast today, Chase. Definitely. Uh, thanks again, Joe. I appreciate it and uh, can't wait to hopefully come back again. Sounds good. Can't wait. Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to The Strategic Marketer, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you could do me a personal favor and hit five stars on the rating, you don't have to leave a full review, just hit five stars. It would really help me out. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Strategic Marketer. <laughs>